As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. Hello to you all and welcome to the 57th edition of On The Ball, a Norwich City podcast from The Athletic. I'm Michael Bailey. I hope this finds you safe and well. On the way, no burden on the shoulders of young City keeper. City magic lasts 80 seconds and Cardiff poses. We will work through all that and more with our guests this evening. Norwich number one chief at NCFC Numbers and now proven superb podcast host. It's our own Steve Sanders. Hello, Michael. And our own Scottish maestro, commentator and journalist, Stuart Hodge. Hello, I'm here, I'm back. I've not been here in a while. Good to be back. Well, I think this is your both. Well, we've only done two pods this year, but this is obviously the first appearance of the year and first appearance in a little while for both of you. Probably a little bit out of date on your link there, Steve, but let's brush over it because it was a few weeks ago since you stepped in, but you're still an excellent podcast host, so we're all right. Um, How how are you both? Steve, how are you? Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, Uh, it it does seem like a long time. There's been a lot of football played in between. Um, You may or may not have noticed I've got myself a proper mic. I've taken a leaf out of your book and uh, hopefully that will mean that I don't sound like I'm coming to you live from like a a hostel in Aircraft cabin. (laughs) something like that yeah so yeah hopefully if if the if nothing else improves today if no no other quality improves hopefully my sound quality will well the quality was so high steve don't worry about that um and every every awesome podcast host needs a really good mic and even the bad ones like me um Stu, you've got a lovely mic too which is great you are coming through loud and clear in scotland I keep it kind of off the picture because my head is probably bigger than the two of yours. So to get it framed correctly, I feel that's the correct way to do it. It's good to be back off the bench, actually, I've got to say. Um, In terms of me, I've been doing quite a bit of commentating, which is nice. So hopefully I'll be able to to offer a wee bit of insight in some of the other championship teams as well as the Canaries. And I commentated my first Norwich game in years uh, back in December there. So that was was good fun. Which was your favourite name to uh, reel off? Pwajeta. Because yeah, I, was taught, I was taught by someone that had painstakingly taken their time learning how to pronounce it. Can not remember who it was? Some, some decent guy did me a favour. It is brilliant hearing your voice back on the on the football comms, by the way, Stuart. And, and the great thing is, if you follow Stuart on um, on Twitter, he's always um, sharing his... So I just love listening to you commentating on, you know, uh, Wickham, someone or other, or uh, Crew, <laughs> whoever it is. 
That's my deep. I know, no, no, no. There is um, like there's a variety of football league teams now. But uh, recently, the not before the Coventry game, Norwich shared the clip of Ben Godfrey scoring in the six-one win the season. I was commentator. Yeah. I said the words "wham bam." Thank you, ma'am. I'm quite glad to say that I've never said that again in a Coventry since. I think that shows that I was a bit raw back in the day. I tell you what, let's uh, crack on, shall we, with this week's headline act. Saturday was a big day for Daniel Barden, the 19-year-old. No, he's 20 now, isn't he? The 20-year-old's got his first Carrow Road start, his second senior start, and his FA Cup debut against Coventry. He was also named Man of the Match after the event and won a particularly good save sticks in the mind. And of course, Norwich won. They're now in the fourth round of the FA Cup. Uh, at this point, may I suggest you read my piece on The Athletic going it's it's there now on how Barden arrived at Norwich in the first place despite a 7-0 defeat in his trial game by the way uh, as well as um uh, last season which he spent on loan at non-league Berry Town with the likes of uh, former Norwich on loan striker and Ipswich, Alan Lee um so uh, it also looks at what Daniel Barden may be doing over the coming months and what the coming years may even have in store. If you're not already a subscriber to The Athletic, you can sign up to all our content right now. You can read all of it. And of course, you can read my piece on Daniel Barden for just £3.99 per month. Uh, just visit theathletic.com forward slash Norwich pod. What a seamless link that was. Uh, anyway, um, you can read the piece on Daniel Barden. Um, it was really good to see how comfortable he looked on Saturday. And I think, uh, Steve, it's kind of been absorbed by the Norwich fans watching BT Sport Extra 5 Extra Live. Um, <laughs> that the, he is a genuine prospect at still such a young age for a goalkeeper. Yeah, I mean, I, I I didn't quite know how to judge him before Saturday. I, I still don't really. But um, the, the the two performances that he, or the the two games that he had played in the the cup defeat at Luton, and then coming on against QPR, he didn't have a huge amount to do. Um, and I suppose as a goalkeeper, well, I, I guess it was the perfect game for him really because he didn't concede a goal. Uh, he had plenty to do and made quite a few saves, a, a couple of them really good ones, and at key times. Um, so I guess, again, for a goalkeeper, there has to be an element of luck involved if you're a third choice goalkeeper to get there in the first place. But then when you do get in the team, you need to take your chance. And it feels like that was exactly what Barden did on Saturday. Uh, he deserved the man of the match awards. Uh, I, I think he was probably helped by the fact that there were no fans in the ground. I mean, I don't know what his temperament's like, but young goalkeeper, uh, I would think the expectation of 25,000 home fans and the, the potential, I don't know, jeering of, of the away fans could have put him off. But um, yeah, it was, a, it was a really good day for him. The save from Biamu early in the second half, I think. Yes. I don't know if that's the one you're referring to. Yeah, big That arm. was really outstanding. Um, and yeah, I, I suppose now I'm looking forward, you would say we've got a number of good goalkeepers on our books. We've got we've got loads of good goalkeepers in our books. I, I deliberately sort of reached out to a few kind of people I know within the club just to get their their sort of feeling on, on what they think of Dan Barden, what they think of the and and you kind of allude to it in your piece as well, Michael. There's a there's a culture of bringing through goalkeepers. There's a history of it in Norwich City anyway prior to the the, the current era, but right now there seems to be a conveyor belt of good goalkeepers coming through, and it, it's a continuous thing. And Archie Mayer, who's on loan at Kings Lynn. Norwich City actually reckon he's he's at the same level, perhaps even better than Barden in some aspects of his game. Interesting you mentioned about the lack of fans, Steve, because I think that is a factor that we have to keep in mind. 
But one of the things that they seem to be working on with these young goalkeepers is ensuring that they are mentally strong from a young age and that that side of the game. One of the reasons they send them out to toughen them up in the lower leagues is it forces them to to confront big burly men and make decisions in games. It puts them in pressure situations, stuff that you don't get from playing in bounce games. I think there was a good quote from Alan Lee that, that kind of alluded to that in your piece as well, Michael. And I think that's what Norwich City have got now. They, they seem to have this culture where they're bringing through these young goalkeepers and they're mentally strong. And when they get their chance to step up, then they're prepared to take it. One thing that we do have to caution against, I would say though, is, right, the kid's had a really good game. He's got man of the match. He's got a clean sheet under his belt. Yeah, he's got to push on from here. But let's not burden him with too much expectation. We can't just expect him to now be automatically... sort Because a lot of people are now thinking, yeah, well, is he better than Michael McGovern? Should he be now second choice? It's far too early in the kid's career to put that burden of expectation on him. With goalkeepers, you should take your time, develop them slowly, and, and you're going to end up with a good one. It was really interesting in the piece, actually, talking about non-league football and uh, how the exposure to crowds is, is, is really benefit for, for, for a lot of players. But especially with goalkeepers, and I, I remember someone said to me, he's, he's not ready yet. And I was like, well, what, what does that mean as a goalkeeper to not physically be, not be ready? And it is, I think, just a volume of games. I suppose the, the anomaly there is someone like Angus Gunn, who came to Norwich, hadn't played any games, yet was clearly ready for the level, which I guess came from him just training at Manchester City. But I think, I think normally that readiness is just a volume of experience of being a goalkeeper, which I don't, I guess the thing about Angus is he'd played a lot of under 23s football and under 18s football and under 16s football. And I don't think that Daniel Barden's had that really since he, since his under 16 year, I think, I don't think he got much football as an under 18 at Arsenal. I don't think he had a lot as under 23. I mean, he's still only 20 anyway now. So I think it's just that. And I think that's why everyone looks at him and thinks you you need a body of games, whatever level you need to be playing. Obviously, to do that at non-league level is of real benefit. I think there is um, there is obviously a real um, element and, and group of young goalkeepers from from sort of twenty two to twenty um, or, or nineteen. Even it's it's amazing. I've got a little spreadsheet of everyone and how it's broken down is really is really interesting. Where, where, where are we ranking those then? Because obviously, I mean, Cruel 1, McGovern 2, I think we probably agreed that, that that's... So So obviously we've got the ones that I can think of on the top of my head are, are Barden, Mayer, who you mentioned, Stu, and Oxborough. Am I forgetting uh, any? Joe, and Joe, who, Joe Rose as well. Um, exactly, yeah. So, so, I think so who, would be, who would be first out of those three, four names? I think uh, well, if, if, if I was to say, and then I would I'd go for it too, Stu, I mean... I, uh, the thing you have, the thing with Michael McGovern is the eldest. He's also out for three months because he's torn his hamstring and he's out of contract in the summer. So you've got lots of big questions there. Obviously, Tim Krull and then Aston Oxborough is the eldest, but he's covering, recovering from a ruptured Achilles. He would have been on loan at, um, at Salford probably this season, but whether he'd have been playing regularly, I think is a different, is a different question. There's a 10 year gap between Tim Krull and Aston Oxborough. That's a huge gap. Um, and you know, something probably Norwich are going to have to address whether Michael McGovern stays and gets a new contract or not. Um, as you mentioned, you've got Archie Mayer and Dan Barden. They're basically Barden's a month older, I think than Archie, but Norwich signed Archie from Scotland and he, Aberdeen, wasn't it? And it really highly rated Scotland under 21 internationals. So there's a lot to him. Yep. I think some feel his kicking is even better than Dan Barden's. And I'd say I've been really impressed with how Dan Barden distributes. So that makes me really excited to see what Archie Mayer can, can do. And, and actually to assume that Dan Barden is third choice because he's at 
the club now, I think is wrong because I think Norwich probably loaned out the third choice and it, um, in Archie Mayer being at Kings Lynn. And that's almost given by, by the fact that both you know, senior goalkeepers have either been injured or, or, uh, or out on international duty as they were at the start. That's given Dan Barden a kind of an opportunity no one probably thought he would get. And then Joe Rose, as I said, is currently on loan at Berry, which of course Dan Barden was last year. Yeah, there seems to be that kind of link with various clubs in, in various stages. Now, what a lot of people will do is they'll say, Aston Oxford, right, so Salford, obviously a football league club, you'd automatically assume that they've put him there because he's a better goalkeeper or whatever. It's, it's not really to do with that with goalkeepers because speaking to the, the, the coaching staff at Norwich City, they're very much of the opinion that the level matters less for a goalkeeper in terms of what level they're actually playing at because they're having to do all of the same things. They're having to come and collect crosses. They're having to make sure that they make saves they're having to make big decisions and almost if they're playing lower down the pyramid then there's going to be even more responsibility put on them if they are of a higher level to their contemporaries if you see what I mean in terms of their level of ability so that fact in itself tells you a lot about what Norwich City think of both Archie Mayer and Dan Barden and the, the other thing that sort of came through from the chats that I had is the feel that, that, that both of them are going to at least have a career at championship level at the very least, and that they're, they're ahead of where, say, Declan Rudd or Remy Matthews were at the same stage in their development. And when you look at those two keepers, that's two very, very decent goalkeepers that we've brought through the ranks. So I, I think that's, that's something that Norwich City can be very excited about. Key thing for Dan Barden now, you're talking about volume of games, Michael, that's one side of it. The other thing is just physically, like he's still, he's still not got the biggest, most sort of imposing body. Tim Crow's obviously shown that you don't need to be a giant to be a brilliant goalkeeper. But at the same time, it's about growing into your body and just that idea of sort of being, being solid in, in, in terms of stature and, and the way you carry yourself. I mean, I know that my posture when I walk is still absolutely terrible, but I, I'm sure it's better than it was when I was 18, 19. And I think for goalkeepers, it's the same idea. You grow into your body. You just understand how to move and how to place yourself a wee bit better based, based on the body that you've got and that is the the next sort of step physically for for Dan Barden and for Archie Mead as well you hide your six foot five frame well to be fair Stu so it's, it's all about that's, that's the only thing that stops you becoming a professional goalkeeper I think it's just just the lack of height just a, <laughs> a couple a couple of things on the piece by the way that's where Alan Lee is I had absolutely no idea but that name again. <laughs> oh, in fairness in fairness now this is probably shouldn't admit this someone was saying oh yeah you need to get a hold of Alan Lee and I was like oh, okay some bloke called Alan Lee and it didn't it wasn't until well, I looked later I was like oh oh the Alan Lee oh yeah that does make sense yeah. I think you did introduce him as Alan Lee and I thought oh, I must just be someone with the same name and then it was like the former <laughs> yeah. and the other thing uh, nice uh, just the unifying power of sweet caroline as well that was the other thing that came through from the yeah piece. i'm definitely on that on that boat though what i do wonder is though if it for the time it was sung it must have been the old version of sweet caroline because obviously neil diamond released a new version um knowledge like, wow yeah, no no it's, it's with covid covid sort of safe wording because obviously touching me touching you you can no longer do that really so neil diamond has recorded a new version of he's that, done so. that he's done that for charity i don't know why he did it i Maybe hope not just... i hope he has because if he hasn't then that's ludicrous i mean we can't go changing all the songs to make them covid safe Amazing. No, 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 but he's, he's, he's maybe just done it for his own, to lay in his own pockets, you know well, what I mean? He's sitting off a pandemic. I mean, no. he's, he's sitting at home, he doesn't want to have to homeschool, he needs to just rewrite his songs. 
I mean, one a day for the next 15 years. Can't wait. Anyway, uh, let's move that on quickly. Uh, we do, of course, wish Michael McCoven a speedy uh, and successful recovery. The surgery all went well. He's set to be out for, for 12 weeks, so roughly three months. So we probably, um, there's a small chance we won't see him again this season. And Norwich are looking at a free agent. I think that Dan Barden's performance has just sown the seed that it's not essential to get someone in for the sake of it, which is quite a big thing to say because a goalkeeper, Tim Krul, needs to be pushed, if, if nothing else, as as we saw last year. So uh, half of me is wondering if something will start you know, emerging this week, but we'll have to see. Uh, Orland Nyland is someone that they definitely like, as has been reported, and as I know, um, and he's an extraordinarily good kicker by all accounts. But uh, yeah, I'm not so sure about the goalkeeping bet, by the well, way. But this is, I have, right, okay. So, not to make a direct comparison to this, because that would be deemed cruel. But I have to say, uh, not Tim Cruel. Is that a pun? But, no, no. Um, but um, it did strike me against Queen's Park Rangers. Michael McGovern played the first half, fine, you know, did, did everything he was sort of adjusting to, and he'd, he'd lost the rustiness. So, he was doing much better than he did, certainly in those first few games. Um, Dan Barden then comes in for the second half, and Michael's injured. And the level of kicking and distribution was was a was a significant improvement. And and I have to say, in terms of where Norwich are, you could argue, as long as a goalkeeper is semi competent with his hands at stopping the ball going in the net, it's almost more important that they can distribute and be a part of the way Norwich build attacks at Championship level at the way they are at the moment. I think you could make that argument. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good point. I think it's because of the way that we are tending to dominate games and, and dominate the ball. I, I think it's, it's an absolutely salient point to make to, to, to say that if you're a half decent. I mean, you've got to be half decent with your hands to be a goalie. So if well, you can do that and you can kick the ball as well, it's a bonus. I mean, Stu, can you can you distribute the ball with your feet? Uh, my right one, a wee bit. Okay. <laughs> well, if, if it's a really good right foot, you never know. Wes is really good with his left foot and that's all he needed. Um, and he's still doing it at Cambridge, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not- that was one of the games I did at the weekend. Was it? Are you commentating on Wes's goal? I was indeed. Oh, where? Can we hear it? Do you uh, need to get Cambridge to share it? I think it's a Cambridge I follow job right. or like, I. So whoever's listening to this, get on to Cambridge United, get them to tweet. I mean, it's Wes's goal, which is brilliant. Get them to share that with Sue's commentary. Come on. By, by the way, just we need to record, hear that. Just for the record, right? It was an absolute pea super. You could not see a thing. It was like total fog. I thought the game was going to get like called off with about 20 minutes to go. And the only player that I was confident saying had the ball at his feet, just because of the way he moved, you knew by the size of him and the way that, you know, he's kind of hunches his shoulders a wee bit, Wes, and like he's just moving it and it's glued to that left foot. So I'm like, yep, passing it and uh, talking some inane thing to fill time. Hulahan. Like, like, and it's the only name I could say with confidence at one point in the game. Amazing. But oh, Wesley's still amazing, man. Like, he, honestly, he's just, he's one of those football players that you just love watching him play. Like, he, he does bring joy to you watching him. I, I love the assumption of Wes. You can see Wes moving, but you just assume he's got the ball at his feet. I think that's that's a great that's a great takeaway. Um, Steve, what do, you, what, what do you sense Norwich should do from here? How do you see it with their goalkeepers? Goalkeeper situation, I think yeah. they should bring everyone in. I think it'd be absolute folly not to get a backup for Crow. I, I know that we've seen Barden uh, do good things, but um, there are some physical teams in the Championship. I, I think it would be asking a lot of a of a, a twenty year old goalkeeper if Crow were to get injured. Um, there's a huge amount hinging on this season. Uh, every game is going to be important. I think if if Crow were to get a knock, 
we'd be talking about you know the the regret that we have of not getting an extra centre half in uh, last summer. I think that was kind of unavoidable in some senses, but this one's not. They they should get somebody in to, to push Krul because if Tim Krul gets injured then um, that <laughs> would pot- potentially jeopardise our promotion as good um, as Barnum was on Saturday I mean we do need we do need to add in right here and we will talk about the Cardiff game in a bit but of course the reason one of the reasons Tim Krul definitely didn't play against Co- Coventry which Norwich won by the way uh, Coventry on, on Saturday was because he tested positive for Covid the previous week so as as it stands right now He's got to recover from any symptoms, which, you know, are flu-like apparently, but not, not too bad, which is obviously brilliant news. Um, but he's got to recover from those and, and submit two negative tests before he gets allowed anywhere near the group. Um, obviously, they've presumably got until about half one on Saturday lunchtime if, if he's driving up there on his own. But by the same token... Um, you know, there's there's every chance Dan Barden could be on goal on Saturday, and instead of a late fitness uh, test, a late COVID test. Yeah, I don't is know. That, if, is that the... Well, they have that on the side of the pitch. I don't know if we want to see that, do we? I've, <laughs> I've not had to have one yet, but um, um, you know, we'll see what happens first. That or a vaccine. Anyway, it's quite enough COVID chat, and I think we should move on to things we are not going to talk about. Now, these are the things that have happened and deserve acknowledgement, but we are only going to acknowledge them by stating how we are not going to talk about them makes sense of course it does good uh, the other thing is we also have only three minutes to do it so tom if you can cue up the dramatic music this week i am not going to talk about please uh, chip in guys um the other covid positive tests <laughs> uh, where of course adamida also tested positive uh, one backroom staff member at norwich also tested positive uh, not the uh, efl started their mandatory testing last week um, although i think actually it was the fa cup mandatory testing last week and the efl's one starting here so everyone's being tested twice weekly and uh, we wish everyone obviously well in terms of adam and uh, the other uh, the other person at Carrow road um, get well soon and i would like to say hopefully there won't be any more positive tests but that just seems a bit hopeful probably in the grand scheme of things not going to talk about Alex Teddy superstar what a man I mean it's it's just it's just another layer to the legend that is Alex Teddy's Norwich City career absolutely I mean there was no one there was no one obviously at the game uh, really apart from us in the press box but um, it was just it was just remarkable that he he did his little turn and then basically you just heard this oh and everyone just sort of laughed because it was just amazing it's like Alex Teddy doing a Marseille turn in the middle of the pitch but what a moment and then the and then good old the FA Cup guys made sure they yeah, clipped out as a gift which was important uh, anything Steve you know want to talk about that was that was my one Teddy oh. was my one as well because uh, yeah I, it couldn't go unacknowledged and um, yeah just just uh he continues to surprise us, doesn't he? <laughs> Is there anything he can't do? I don't think there's anything he can't do. Um, the FA Cup draw. I wasn't going to talk about that, but um, Norwich have been drawn away to Barnsley. The Millwall game will get rearranged. That's about um, 10 days' time. Obviously, they did the fifth round draw as well. And the answer to that is that Norwich will host, which is good news, mm-hmm. um, either Chelsea or Luton. So let's assume Chelsea because they're at home. That'll be good. Yeah, I, I, I'm Getting quite well ahead of ourselves. Yeah, I, well, I mean, I, th- I think... The, Barn- oh, the Barnsley game is a free hit. I, I still think you just play a second team again, see how we get on. It was a good game, wasn't it, at um, Carrow Road? Uh, God, was that only, no, was it only it, nine it, days it, ago, it, wasn't it? Yesterday. <laughs> yeah, it was. 
wasn't that long ago. That that was a really good match. Um, I think they'll they'll give us a good game, and you know, if they get through it, they get the reward of a of a plum tie, albeit one that I wouldn't completely rule us out of at this exact moment if they were to pick a first team. Um, and then if if they go out of that, I, I really I'm kind of at about the cup this year, but the fact that you can kind of see the route makes it more exciting in a way. I think maybe they'll do it in future. Anything else you you don't want to talk about? Uh, just I'm a bluff old traditionalist don't change anything about the FA Cup FA Cup third round day remains the one day that you can still be a real football fan it was a good day actually it was nice that Norwich kicked off early and you could kind of follow all the games afterwards which I was doing on final score which I don't normally get to do that Uh, that's the end of uh, the time Uh, we didn't actually literally didn't get to talk about Javi Kintia's return but at least he's back that's good Jacob Sorensen in midfield yeah he played in midfield that's good Kenny is a number 10 he played there that's great Kieran Dow's out for 12 weeks with, uh, sorry, 12 days, 12 days. I was going to say. So 12 days. That's <laughs> an error on my part. That's why I didn't want to talk about it. 12 yeah. days with a mind. All these journalists sensationalizing things. Kenny at the 10, by the way, what did we think of that? I thought he did really well. I liked it. Yeah, me too. I liked it as well. He and Todd, I thought, stepped up as kind of senior players. I really thought they, they took on the, that, their roles really well. I, I think with Kenny, I think he looks a viable option there, you know? I, I think with the season, Steepy's had like a poor campaign. And I, I think... I don't see any harm in playing Kenny in that role, perhaps, and we've got the top team out sort of thing as well. And we got to see uh, Shemi, Kenny and Emmy behind the front oh. just for just for a few minutes at the end, which I'm always always a fan of that. But, you know. In fairness, Kenny playing in the 10, if you've got two pacier wingers, I think works beautifully because you end up having three players ahead of him most of the time. I think that would be, that'd be a lovely option. Um, I, one of the things I definitely wasn't going to talk about was Emmy to Arsenal or Max being scouted by Manchester United as if you know, Manchester not United happen. don't know. Nope. Nope. Absolute nonsense. £15 million pound away and jump in the River Thames. No chance. We're not, we're not talking about it anymore. Definitely not that one. Um, great stuff. Well done, guys. I think that's everything we didn't want to talk about. Thoroughly talked about. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Right, we're going to move straight on this week, if we may, to this is just like fantasy football, uh, to paraphrase the famous Norwich City commentary line uttered by John Motson, of course, in 1993. Um, Back to the championship we go uh, with a long old poke, but mostly for me, assuming I'm allowed, (laughs) um, to Cardiff. Goalkeeping issue, we've kind of addressed that. It it is a key issue. Uh, Zimmerman, Christoph Zimmerman did go off at halftime on Saturday with a slight hip complaint, which is a little bit of a worry although Dan, Daniel Farker said it was it was only precautionary but um, how do we go about this because the first thing that struck me in my head Steve is that I know Xavi Cantillo was back on Saturday but I, I would still have Jacob Sorensen at left back to be honest yeah I, I would have Sorensen at left back as well I, I, I think 
it was a good team performance all round. I thought maybe the fullbacks were our two weakest players, or neither played particularly badly. Um, but the the I think we know the threat that Cardiff pose, and it's mainly physical. Um, and I I feel like somebody who can get crosses into the box is not necessarily something that we're going to need. That's the that's the real plus that you get from Kintia. I would save him for those games where we need to break teams down and I would happily play Sorensen. Um, and I would also stick with Gibson and Hanley, who I firmly believe this season at least have been our best two centre-backs. Yeah, I'm, I'm wholeheartedly on board with that, especially the Sorensen thing. I think when you look at Wilson as probably Cardiff's main kind of threat and the fact that he's probably going to be cutting in from that right-hand side. In a way, having Jacob Sorensen, who's kind of right-sided on the left, I think that works quite well from a balance perspective. And yeah, I'm, I'm bang on the, the, the Hanley-Gibson train. Definitely our best centre-back partnership currently. Hanley-Gibson train, I love it. Um, I mean, Ollie Skip, you're the usual protagonist will come back in, of course, and we should flag up the point, actually, that Emmy Buendia made his 100th Norwich City appearance on uh, on Saturday. Just just hold that thought. That's what I said. Just, um, Enhorabuena, Amy. It, it, yeah, the, what, 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 what Stu said. Um, who, who, who plays at 10? I mean, we just talked about how well Kenny did. Um, and obviously with Kieran Dow being out, that's a, a, it's a bit of a blow. Is there much of a debate to be had there at the moment? Mario was left out, presumably on the basis that he will start on Saturday. I also think, um, I was speaking about Kenny in the 10 earlier, I think he's been really good since he's come back in the in the um, the more defensive role. I think him and Skip have looked really good alongside one another. We haven't had the results, but, but I think he's been one of our best performers. He was maybe our best performer over those two games that we didn't win, Watford and QPR. Um, and it's it's great, isn't it? You know, <laughs> keeps happening. A player gets injured, Rook gets injured, and then somebody comes out, uh, comes back, replaces them, and it's like they were never away. So I would, I don't see any reason to change that from the Barnsley game. I think I've just picked the same 11 in my head. Yeah, why not? I think, I mean, Mark Robbins said that Norwich's uh, strength at the moment was, is frightening, which I, I, yeah. I suppose probably emphasised by the bench on Sunday, on Saturday, but still. Onel back on the bench as well, wasn't he? He was indeed. Yes, he was indeed, which is very exciting. So they're, they're pretty much um, all back. And we haven't even mentioned Barley Mumba, who came back in and, and looked like a little the little firecracker that he is, um, albeit he's still really learning, learning the position in, in all fairness. So, um, or, or Jordan Hugo, who scored. And great header. Delighted to see him score. Really pleased with him. I, I really liked the type of goal that was. Winger with a cross, striker with a, with a header and a cross goal. That's mm-hmm. the kind of goal we need to be scoring more of. Who knew? The third, the third header we've scored since the beginning of 2020, by the Beautiful. way. So <laughs> the only issue is wow. when they the, the only issue is when they try and do it and team of boogies on the pitch. But yeah, I think it's a more sensible idea when, when Jordan's up there, definitely. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
got your happy price, price line. And I think that is time. On the Ball will be with you all season long, so make sure you subscribe via your podcast player of choice. The podcast is available free for everyone on your usual player and ad-free to subscribers of The Athletic via our app. Remember, if you're not a subscriber, you can join for $3.99 per month uh, at theathletic.com forward slash Norwich pod. Uh, if you like what we're doing on the podcast, leave a review and a rating. Please spread the word of our efforts across the Norwich City world if you wish. And if you'd like to get in touch, ask a question or propose a topic for discussion, sling me a direct message on Twitter at Michael J. Bailey is the handle. In the meantime, a big thank you to our wonderful guests this fine evening. Steve Sanders, top man. Thank you as ever. Cheers, Michael. Thanks for having me on. Stu, always a pleasure. Never a chore. Love it. Uh, We'll be back next week with another On The Ball, a Norwich City podcast from The Athletic. Until then, never mind the danger. And we're clear. There we go. Welcome to Wits End, everyone. Welcome all you Twitterkers. If you have uh, stumbled across this for the first time and are wondering what on earth is going on, like some of the guests we've had on this section uh, recently, uh, listen to On The Ball podcast number 42. That went live on September the 8th, and it's all explained there. Um, You can email this part of the show podcast secret part directly. The email address is Twitterkers, Twitter, K-E-R-S, at iCloud.com, or you can contact us by using the hashtag Twitterkers on Twitter. Just don't say it's for wit's end, because that's a secret, obviously. Ben Mounser, you'll be delighted to know that they have updated the tweet, the comment you made as the testimonial. Uh, uh, What they've done is put the quote and then uh, uh, credited it as Ben Mounser aka dan brigham i don't know if that really reconciles the situation. Wait, are we just are we now just abusing this website by love you it. know and this sex website I'm yeah gonna, pretty much that then and I, I but i'll introduce a bit more jeopardy to mine and just say mark my words emmy buendia will still be here in february and mm. i will take that on the chin if he's not i love it get that I'll, get that on your website <laughs> whoever you are um, I have never heard you be as forceful about anything in my life, Steve, except when we're playing five aside. So um, fair play to you, mate. I, I agree. I think we'll keep them. I mean, it's a COVID market. And like they'll just try to drive the price down with these ridiculous sort of figures that are getting bandied around. It's absolute nonsense. Away you go, we're no going to be selling them for anything less than a number beginning with a three with massive add-ons. I mean, um, the Arsenal fans. Yeah, I mean, the Arsenal fans have been a lot of fun. Uh, to watch um i mean I, I i got i got to sort of the middle of december and thought oh, I, I like transfer windows and you know if, if all these websites get in touch i'm like yeah I'll, I'll do something for you i'll answer some questions that's part of my job i don't mind doing it um after getting deluged with basically crap um and 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 then seeing other people just regurgitating said crap um i've completely gone off the idea so i don't think anyone will be hearing anything from me on transfers this is the problem right like this is the problem with this culture i just living on transfer rumor accounts on twitter and other places like that like it's just nonsense like honestly what you should do is you should make sure proper journalists like yourself michael will make sure that stories are cited properly sourced and actually accurate right now that, that's not hard to do. I'm a journalist as well. I do it if I'm doing a story, even if it's about a transfer or about anything. So these accounts that just randomly go, oh, 15 million, because we heard somebody in the pub said that that's what I still want to play for Buendia. Away, nonsense. And it's, it's infuriating.
I did. I, sure. I, yes, that's fine. That's what this section's for. I, I did see someone. I did see someone state that they uh, that they did something on Football Manager. So surely it can happen in real life. And I still, even now, don't know if that was a joke or actually a serious comment. And it could have been either. Anyway, anyway, we're not going to have it. We're not going to have a transfer. No, but I'm, go on, on, go on. on the note of Football Manager, right? I have a special interest in this Norwich City Barnsley tie. Me, Steve, and Ben Mouncer are all involved in a network game with other friends of ours uh, on that football manager platform. And the two teams that Stuart Hodge has managed with great success, I might add, in uh, that game are Barnsley and Norwich City. So it's the Hodge derby, mate. I love it. I love it. Who do you want to win? Uh, oh, well, I want Norwich to win okay, in, awesome. in, the, in the real life one. But like, if Alex Mowat could score a goal, that would be quite cool because he was really good for me. That was 30 seconds of pure self-indulgence. What, <laughs> what does it matter if Alex... It doesn't matter, right. Okay. Um, uh, I, I love the quotes on the website, by the way, twitterkers.co.uk. Um, Nick Hayhoe's wonderful quote from utter, everything's uttered in this section, by the way, um, is, is wonderful. Give that a read. Uh, every quote has five stars below it, which I love that. <laughs> everyone's rating us five stars. I'm pretty sure that's true. And there's a wall of famewo, which works better written down than said, admittedly. Um, so, uh, and, and that's all uh, grand. Whoever's doing the website, though, by the way, that there's a word missing in the cane quote. Not that I'm being a pedant, but that is kind of part of my job. Uh, and Doesn't also, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, also, um, it does mention my weekly apology to Ollie. Um, which is fine, but not this time. No weekly apology to Ollie because we're wrapping this up now. Let's see if I can get this to work. Um, you, the regular listeners to Wits End will know that I, I did, of course, mention the fact that um, I, uh, I did manage to get myself banned um, from Carroll Road. That's a story for another day, actually. Um, but also, um, there was this curious incident um, in 2000, and the summer of no, the winter, just Christmas of 2009. So the season Norwich went up from League One, um, where basically I was interviewing at a signing session. I was interviewing uh, Cody McDonald and Grant Holt was there as well. And um, I asked Cody McDonald, oh, you know, what do you do at this time of the year? You know, what are you going to do to chillax? Now, I can't possibly now answer why I used the word chillax. It must have been an <laughs> abomination or it was in my mind or I just thought it'd be funny. Um, obviously, it was funny because Grant Holt proceeded to absolutely rib me for it. And subsequent interviews, at other press conferences with Adam Drury and Simon Lappin, they decided they had to use the word chillax if they answered a question to me. <laughs> so I really couldn't, un you know, fair play, but it's fairly ridiculous. So that was where we, that was where we were. Um, so then I think it was either, it was probably the, the Millwall game. I think it was the Millwall game where Norwich won 6-1, absolutely tore Millwall to shreds. Um, and, um, we had the post-match, I think it was that game. Uh, I'm not entirely sure, to be honest. Uh, we, we, had, um, we had the post-match press conference where you know, I, I went into the, the bowels of Colney to you know, listen to Paul Lambert, who was, of course, manager at the time. So um, this is where we are, um, the middle of this press conference, when um, I decided that I should probably ask Paul Lambert a question. Can I ask you a question? <laughs> you are? Can I ask, was it him? Yeah. What, what does that word mean, that word you threw no, I'm going to say that I didn't mean to say it. I don't say it all the time. Can you, just, can you lighten me on no. it? it? It's sort of an amalgamation of um, chill and relax. Which made into one word? Chillax. Chillax? Not in a report, thank you. Chillax? Not yet. It was that sort of. Yeah, exactly. A long story. Exactly. 
I just wanted to you know, I just heard that, I just thought, yeah. it's, uh, it's not what we call kids, though. It's true. Oh really? Wow. Alright, I'll need to um I need to No, I just like sorry mate, I just wanted to know. No, that. Really? Yeah. yeah. And you and you're in a band as well, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. What 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 instrument do you play? Flute or something? Guitar. Triangle. Hello. Triangle. Guitar. Really? I got started back for Christmas, but that's probably another story. I'll I'll need to hear it one day. I'll, I'll, I'll write it something. Yeah, will you? Okay, I'll hold you to that. Sorry. Yeah, on you go. go on. So there you go. Um, in the in the process of, of two minutes, I had um, I had uh, spoken to Paul Lambert about the word chillax, uh, going into far more detail than it really deserved, and um, and promising to write him a song, which I never did, by the way. So I never still owe late. him a song. Never too late. Never too late. Never <laughs> I too fear late. it might be quite different now to the one you were anticipating <laughs> at that point. You have been absolutely rinsed by the entire Norwich City squad, there, mate. That is absolutely brilliant. That has made my night. <laughs> that that whole story and escapade brilliant stuff quite, quite remarkable i'd forgotten about it and then i apparently posted the audio at some point i mean i'm guessing the original inclusion of chillax is somewhere but i, I haven't found it so ollie i hope that was worth the wait he did say it was uh, it it sounded like it was going to be gold when he heard it uh, i've been keeping him waiting about three months so i hope <laughs> that was uh, worth it in the end and, and i guess what i need to do now is write the paul lambert song although as i was going to mention later on down at norwich city of officially launched their TikTok channel. Um, and I've been saying that, you know, my TikTok channel needs an next that's, video. And that's how you launch it. That is well, obviously how you launch it with the Paul Lambert song. I've been, offering, I've been offering people to come up with what my next video should be. It's, it's a wit's end special. Twitterkers, tell me what my next TikTok video should be. Because the first one was cats and the second one was NHS rainbows. So, you know, fairly standard lockdown stuff. I'm well, just like, I'm a fuddy-duddy, like TikTok's just, it's a social media that is like too young for me. I'm just no engaging with it. It's like Vine with music. <laughs> unless, unless we get uh, something else in by this time next week, I think the answer is Michael should do a song about Paul Lambert as his next uh, TikTok, TikTok video. video. <laughs> I, I also think, by the way, given the mood he generally seems to be in at the moment, he would take it really, really well in the spirit <laughs> it was intended. Also, can I thank Ollie for badgering you about that that is that has made my night yeah so uh, well done ollie he asked a brilliant question which was how uh, whether i what the most awkward situation i've been in an interview so that was that was uh, that one was well up there so yeah um twitterkers let us know if uh, i don't normally put out for this and we'd, as i said you can contact us by the hashtag and you can contact us by the email address which is twitterkers at icloud.com but um certainly as ollie did of course but um yeah certainly if you want me to if that's what you want me to do with my next tiktok video i think you guys need to tell me yes or no rather than me just decide. I'm not listening to Steve. I'll, I'll, I'll just tweet you. <laughs> Steve's already accused me of self-indulgence in this podcast. I'm in danger it again. But Michael, you were actually there for my most awkward interview moment. Oh, Can I you remember it? Uh, oh, I don't know, Steve. There was so many. No, no, there wasn't. There wasn't so much. Uh, no, so, please tell me. I can't imagine uh, no. you having yeah, a awkward remem- moment. You'll remember it. You'll remember it as soon as I tell you. I had my phone sitting down on the table. Interview, like we were in a, recording the audio for Alex Steele's presser. And um, I'd forgot to put it on uh, airplane mode. And my wee sister started phoning me. <laughs> and I had currently set the ringtone uh, to <laughs> um, Uptown Funk. 
So Amazing. my phone immediately started going, that's it, the hallelujah, woo like that. And Ben Mouncer, regular on the podcast, said he's never seen me move as quick across five <laughs> yards to grab the phone, intercept it, and stop it playing. And uh, I, Alec made sure to, to give a wee ribbon about that after the, after the presser, but that was, that was a bit of a red face moment. Get all that so I, we've, we've all had them. I mean, in, in fairness, it, it was always good being in a press conference with, with Stu because um, we, we'd all you know, ask our questions. And then when, when, when Stu asked the question, you could, it, there was always a chance it was going to come in the native language of whoever we were speaking to. It was, always, it was like French, Spanish, could be anything. I like Italian. I loved it. It was brilliant. Just a show off, mate. I know. Like, right. I, I wish I could do it. I wish I could. Do you do know it. what Seb Pasong like? I asked him a question in French, and he was like, he was, he was, he was quite annoying to me. Like the last interaction I had with him, it was like towards the end he spelled it Norwich, and he was a bit dissatisfied by the time. But he was just, he was a bit, a bit off with me, and I was kind of disappointed because I thought we'd built that rapport. You know, was your French not very good or something? Did you get a word? <laughs> that was, it was all right, but like, I know it wasn't. It wasn't it to do with the French. He just like, I think he was just peed off because he wasn't playing. You know what I mean? Uh, fair. Well, yeah, like, uh, certainly with Sebastian Besong, I think that happened more than once. Um, Ollie, uh, well, I am going to apologise to Ollie because Ollie's asked about Melvin City. Uh, what's happening with him? I don't know, is the honest answer. O- Ollie, I'm going to find out and maybe I'll come back to you next week. So, in the end, I have apologised to Ollie. <laughs> so, maybe we should make this is just a section of the podcast. Michael apologise. What's Michael apologising for? Apologising for, yeah, to Ollie or other people. I'm, I mean, I'm happy to do an apology section. Definitely Ollie. get your emails in. Aye, 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 that could be your TikTok. Just apologise to people. Yeah. Not everyone deserves an apology. Um, uh, I have um, completed my admin uh, on my Twitter feed. You can read uh, the wonderful Hux interview and the interview Jez Moxie did on the club video. They're both been tweeted this afternoon on my Twitter feed. Obviously, in relation to past wits ends, they are definitely worth uh, a video. And um, apparently, there is something hidden on the twitterkers.co.uk website that no one has uncovered yet. That's what I've been told. I've got a secret message. Honestly, this isn't me programming in the website. I'm not that, close. I'm not that clever. Um, but they said, don't build it up too much. It's not very exciting. This is something that they want people to find, right? This isn't something all, yeah. like underhand. Oh, we are in the lap of the gods. I've got no idea because this is all happening independently and, and someone could completely rinse us. But let's just keep our fingers crossed. Um, Thank you to get the person, that are yeah. people that are responsible for this because it it's just phenomenal. makes this section brilliant. It's phenomenal. And um, anything else that anyone, any of you Twitters out there feel needs to go into this section, let us know if we're rambling a bit and we need to be put out of our misery also tell us <laughs> we're here we're listening to you and this is your section as much as it is ours really so um it's what it all that's what makes us twitterkers in this wonderful wits end wonderland uh on that i think we better wrap it up email us twitterkers at icloud.com if you wish um Stu, thank you so much great to have you in i mate i love it uh, good to, good to be back happy we'll days do we'll do it again soon steve always a pleasure yeah, pleasure. It's, uh, it's what, a, what a hole it's been in my life, the weeks I've not been on. It's, <laughs> I've, I've forgotten how regular it was, and, uh, and then it wasn't there, and I thought, oh yeah, Monday, what do I do? Oh yeah, I do that on Monday. But no, it's, it's lovely to be back. Don't worry, you'll probably be back next week. Um, brilliant, cheers gents. Thanks all for listening, as always. We'll, uh, we'll see you next week. Have a great week. The Athletic.